Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, February 8th. It's your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is excited to talk about all things Morgan Frost today. Yep, yep. I like Morgan Frost. Good fun player to watch. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers to keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Like I said, on today's show, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into the early days of Morgan Frost and see how that translates to his game today with our special guest, Brad Cacciamilio of Sioux Today Sports, who covers the Sioux Greyhound in the OHL. And then we'll do our Phantoms check-in. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ, so not much going on with the Flyers right now. They're still in the tail end of their All-Star break. But speaking of which, uh, some concerning news out of All-Star weekend with Jack Hughes suddenly on COVID protocol. Yeah, that was, uh, I can't say it was a surprise. Like we talked about it when we thought there was going to be teams going to the Olympics from Vegas. We we talked about the possibility of players getting getting COVID there, not being able to fly to Beijing, not being able to go right back to their NHL team. So it, I can't say I'm shocked. And uh, ironically, his brother Quinn on the Vancouver Canucks is also on the COVID protocol list right now. All right. Well, w- without further ado, here is our conversation with Brad Cochamilio. All right. So we, as promised, are going to do a deep dive into Morgan Frost. And we thought, who better to do that with than someone who's been covering him for a long time? We are so happy to welcome Brad Cochamilio, who is a sports reporter who covers the Sioux Greyhounds for Sioux Today Sports. Welcome, Brad. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. I was excited to be here and Happy to happy to chat about Morgan for sure. He's uh, he was a great kid when he was here. Absolutely. So right after he was drafted, Morgan Frost took a huge leap forward, where he went from 2016-17 with 62 points to 2017-18 with 112 points. What accounted for that huge step forward? Yeah, I, I mean, I think his, you know, his his role took a, you know, took a step that year as well. I mean, that was, uh, you know, a, a little bit, you know, that team was getting a little older. He kind of came in, um, you know, when he when he officially joined the team, he kind of came in at a point where they were kind of going into that first year of the three year rebuild in in the OHL. So um, he had just joined the team after they had uh, they had kind of stacked up uh, to go on a run. So, kind of that rookie year, and then that second year, 
you know, he was a kid that, you know, was getting a little more ice time. And then, you know, in, in after that, it was just a matter of, you know, he got the ice time, his confidence goes up. He's like a, he's like a lot of kids at the OHL level where, you know, you see these kids come in and they're very raw, they're, you know, inexperienced. And, you know, it's, it's like going from junior to the pros when you come from minor midget or, you know, as they're calling it now in Canada, the U18 level and the U16 levels, you know, to make that jump to the OHL is a big jump. Um, You know, so for him getting settled in, um, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of that, that, second year you started to see a lot of glimpses of how good he could be and mm-hmm. then you know that following year was when it really kind of all came together and you know he was fortunate that he came in with uh with a good group uh you know tampa prospect boris kachuk was uh kind of part of that same development group with the greyhounds at that time and you know zach Sinition was uh was a part of that group as well the boston first rounder from uh a few years ago as well so um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, a, a matter of, you know, his confidence level growing. And, you know, I think we saw big steps in his development over over that stretch. And, you know, he would have set career highs and points in, in his last year in, in junior as well, had it not been for, uh, you know, him going to the World Juniors and missing, you know, I think that year he ended up missing 11 or 11 or 12 games overall. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, confidence level and, and just that development of, you know, getting settled into the league really kind of helped him in, in terms of making that jump offensively that year. Yeah, Brad, I got clued into Morgan early on from a friend who knows his dad, and now I know his dad. And and But at that time, I was told, hey, watch him. And this was the year that you talked about before he really had the development. So I, I had a yeah. chance to see a good part of that early development cycle. So the first question I want to ask is, what was his decision making like back then? Obviously, he gained confidence, but you know, sort of like just with the puck. What was his decision making like? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he was, you know, he was a kid that, you know, the the game, you know, like I said earlier, the OHL game moves a lot quicker than it does, uh, you know, you know, at the at the lower levels, at the U eighteen and U sixteen levels. So, you know, I I think it was, you know, when I talk about the adjustment, I think that's all part and parcel to it, right? Is you know, the idea that you have to make that adjustment to the fact that you're not getting that extra time that, that you would, you know, especially like when he was playing in, in Midget and Barry um, prior to joining the Greyhounds where, you know, let's face it, if you're a high-end player at that level, you're going to have more time to make that decision. So you've got a little more time to think, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that's a, an adjustment that a lot of kids have to make coming into major junior. Um, you know, I, I, I think for him, you know, he was, uh, I believe, a fourth or fifth round pick by the Greyhounds prior to, uh, you know, prior to actually joining the team. And, you know, he was a kid that I think a lot of people, you know, in the Greyhound organization were high on him. But, you know, that decision making, I think, was that it was based on the fact that he was getting adjusted to the speed. He was getting adjusted to the fact that the decision making ability was there. It was just a matter of adjusting it to the fact that he didn't have quite as much time to make a decision. And I think in some cases for forwards, I think it might almost be, you know, a little easier in a sense, as opposed to a defenseman where it's, you know, as a defenseman, you've got a lot more on your mind, um, you know, especially in the defensive zone. If, you know, a forward's coming in on you when you're ter- in terms of making a breakout where, you know, a forward it's, you know, you're coming back at your spots, but, 
Mm-hmm. Um, on the offensive side of it, I, I think that was the biggest thing is just the fact that the decision-making ability was there. It was just a matter of getting adjusted to the fact that he didn't quite have that extra second or two to make that decision. And, you know, once that started to really hit, that's where his offensive game really started to take off. So part of that offensive game, I think, was his two-step quickness. Like, how would you say it was then? And do you have any insight into how it is now in comparison? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it was, you know, it was something that, you know, you could see it, um, you know, at the junior level. I mean, especially those last two years here in the Sioux, I think, you know, he was always a kid that was, you know, able to kind of get that jump and, and you know, be in that position. And, um, you know, I, I think now it's, you know, I, I think we're starting to see that, you know, maybe come into play a little bit now at the next level. You know, when he was with the Greyhounds, especially those last two years, he was always, you know, his quickness and his speed. It was it was always there and especially on display those last couple of years. And um, I, I think now we're we're starting to see, maybe see that a little more in his game. Um, you know, and again, it's, you know, we talked about the adjustment. It's, you know, it's a big adjustment you know, making the jump even to the American league. And, you know, this year we're starting to see a little bit of that offensive ability coming, uh, coming into play for him, um, you know, with, uh, with Lehigh Valley. So, um, you know, he's a kid that I think as he gets adjusted that, you know, that speed, that quickness is going to come out even more, Um, you know, it might take him, you know, a little more time, but, you know, once it gets there, it's going to be something that, uh, you know, I think is, is going to be a, a major part in his game going forward in terms of having, having some offensive success. Got beard, get primal. You heard me right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard and needs to get primal, maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils are renowned as the best feel-in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits are make a great gift if you're shopping for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Most companies focus on fragrance first, and that leads to a product that doesn't feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and still smells fantastic. You know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare the ingredients and feel in beard to the other companies you've used. We promise you will feel the, see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you a 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off. Thanks again for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find me there on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here is the rest of our conversation with Brad Cochmelio. So, Brad, part of that adjustment, we've seen when he comes up and gets called up to the NHL, obviously he's had some different coaches now, and but the philosophy is similar in that they don't want you to make any mistakes. They want you to play a little more physical than you used to. You have to be defensively responsible. And so I wonder, 
two things. I wonder, is he better off kind of like working in on the wing, even though the Flyers did have a little bit of a short bench for centers for a little while, and now it's it's getting better, or at least it seems to be getting better. And is that when you're asking him to do all those things, is the offense inevitably going to slow down? Because that's why I think why we haven't seen like any kind of offensive output, much, much of it on the NHL level, because I think he's got too many other things that he feels like he has to do that aren't necessarily innate to his game. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that's a, that's, you know, it's a, an interesting, and I think that's a valid point. Um, you know, I, I think he's in a, you know, he's in a position where, you know, we, we can see that there's a skill level there. I mean, we saw it in junior, we're seeing it at times with, uh, you know, with Lehigh Valley. And, yep. you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, in some scenarios, it's almost, you know, you want to put these kids because, you know, essentially, especially when you consider the NHL level, I mean, you know, at 22 years old, he is still a kid, um, yeah. you know, especially compared to a lot of guys. And, you know, you want to put it in, put the kid in a position where he's going to have some success and have some confidence. And, you know, if that means, you know, if that means putting him in a position where he's playing the wing where maybe there's a, you know, a little less quote unquote responsibility, um, you know, in, in, in some ways you know, it might not be a bad thing and, you know, get him adjusted to the, the opportunity to develop his offensive game, because, you know, he's, the nice thing is, is those are situations and those are things that, you know, you can work on. His offensive ability is always going to be there. His skill level is always going to be there. Um, You know, so I think it's a, you know, it's a situation where maybe, you know, when you do bring him up, maybe put him in a position where you put him on the wing where, you know, the defensive responsibility is a little bit different. Um, You know, he, he, and he's in a position where, you know, maybe he's got a little less to, you know, little less to think about in terms of that, where he can go out and then, if he's worrying less about something like that, then, you know, when he's in the offensive zone and you've got an opportunity to let him go in and do his thing, then it's, you know, you let him just, you almost kind of take the reins off, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's probably, I don't think it would be I I don't think it would be a bad idea. Um, You know, it's, he's like a lot of junior players, right? A, A lot of guys coming out of this level, the, you know, especially the high end guys, it's usually the defensive game. That's something that, you know, hey, this kid's great offensively. This kid's got a ton of skill, you know, but how good is he on, you know, the defensive side of things? And, you know, that's nothing against Morgan Frost. Like, he was certainly, a, you know, a reliable kid defensively here. I mean, he was, especially his last two years, and specifically that second last year where they went on a long run of the playoffs. Like, you know, he was a kid that was taking the late faceoffs in the defensive zone. He was a kid that, you know, you were putting on in a defensive situation. So, you know, the abilities there. And I think it's, you know, again, it comes down to put the kid in a position where he's going to have some success, put him in a position where he can get some confidence. And then you can start work, maybe working him into a position where, you know, yes, we need you to, you know, be a little bit different, you know, have a different responsibility defensively. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I think there are ways to kind of get around it to, you know, to put him in a position where, you know, he's going to be good for you at both ends of the ice. So when he made the jump from the Greyhounds to the pro game, I mean, I know you're never a hundred percent ready to go pro, but do you think he was at that point where he couldn't learn anything else at the junior level and that, um, you know, age notwithstanding, he was ready to make that jump. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he was, you know, he, he was very, if he wasn't completely there, he was very close. Um, you know, from a from a skill level standpoint, I would say he was probably there in terms of making the jump and getting adjusted to the pro uh, to the pro game. Um, you know, from a maturity level, I mean, he was, you know, especially especially those last couple of years where he was a, you know, he was a go to guy in that Greyhounds team. I mean, he, you know, from a maturity level, I think he was, you know, he was pretty well there. Um, you know, I, I I don't know even if there was a position where he you know, had the opportunity to play another year junior. I don't know necessarily that it would have, you know, would have been something that, uh, you know, that he needed. Right. Um, you know, he was a kid that, you know, especially that last year when, you know, that Greyhound team wasn't expected to, they had just come off a championship run the year before, um, you know, going to the league final. And, you know, he was a big part of that. And that following year, that Greyhound team wasn't expected to be, um, near as good as they were and they ended up battling for a division title and Morgan was a big part of that um you know and then you know to see him go and and have some success at the world juniors that year as well um you know I I think those things kind of put him in a position where you know even if the opportunity to come back um you know would have presented itself I don't know there would have been an, a necessity um you know I I think making the jump you know at least to the American League at that point was probably something that's uh you know, that's going to be good for him in the long run. All right, Brian, my last question for you is, so in that market, you know, with the Sioux, it's, it, it's a, it's a good market. Obviously there's some pressure and when you're mm-hmm. expected to score and be one of the team leaders, it's not the same as the NHL, but what, what kind of pressure do you feel like he was under then to kind of help him get ready to, to be a pro? Do you feel like there was something that was similar? Yeah, I, I, you know, I would 100% agree with that. I mean, I think he, you know, him and and any high end player that uh, you know that comes through this market, it's, you know, a lot of people make the joke that it's kind of like a mini NHL, and you know, in in some ways it is, you know, in in some small way, kind of like that because, you know, there there's you know at the NHL level, and especially like you know you look at like you know a market like Philadelphia is a, a perfect example where you know, the expectation from the fans is extremely high every night. And it's exactly, yes, it is. <laughs> and it's exactly the same way here, right? It's, you know, even like even a year like this for, you know, an example, like, you know, the, the Greyhound team this year is a first place hockey club. They played a lot of good hockey. And, you know, there are a lot of nights where, you know, the grounds will go out and play, a, you know, a fairly solid game, come out with a win. And there are fans who are still, well, they didn't do this or the coach needs to do this or, you know, <laughs> this player is doing this when he should be doing this. And, you know, I, I think things like that, um, you know, can be helpful and, you know, they can be tough. You know, let's face it. They can be very tough on a, on a young player, um, you know, and even from a media standpoint, it's, you know, it's very different in the Sioux compared to a lot of markets. I know a lot of coaches come in and they're surprised that, you know, there are nights where there's, you know, three or four reporters waiting to talk to them um, after games where, you know, you go to like a market like, say, Mississauga, for example, where you might have one reporter and right. that one reporter might not even necessarily interview the visiting coach. So, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of factors here that can, can help, uh, you know, a, a young player, especially a high end player like Morgan kind of get adjusted to what life's going to be like on uh, at the NHL level on a, you know, obviously a significantly smaller scale, but you know, there are some things that, you know, he's going to be prepared for going forward that, you know, when he gets to Philadelphia, when he's, you know, when he's in that market, 
you know, yes, he's not necessarily going to be used to talking to maybe a dozen reporters after a game, but you know, he's going to have some experience, you know, having dealt with that or, you know, having dealt with being criticized, you know, on social media by fans and things like that. So, you know, there's definitely an adjustment there coming into junior, but, you know, for those high end kids, it's a, it's a almost a good thing for them because it does help them learn a little bit of what they can possibly expect at the next level. So our last question for you, is there one piece of advice that you would give the flyers right now to get the most out of him? Yeah, you know what? That's that's an interesting question. It's a good question. I mean, you know, he's the type of kid that, you know, I mean, just continue to work with him. You know, continue to, you know, kind of do what you're doing. He'll, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's like like a lot of players, and you know, in terms of that high skill level, that you know, they're very smart players. So it's like, you know, I mean, he he's willing to learn. That was one thing I've always noticed in the Sioux. He was always you know, he was always soaking in, you know, everything in terms of what his coaches were, you know, trying to instill in him. So, you know, I, I think it's just continue to work with them. And, you know, again, it's, you know, I think maybe it comes back to a little bit of that point earlier of, you know, put him in some points where he's in some positions rather that he's going to have a little bit, little bit of success in. And then once that confidence level gets there, you're going to see even more out of Morgan as well. Um, you know, again, we saw it here in the Sioux that, you know, the more his confidence level rose, the more he had some success. You saw it more and more as his career went on here in the Sioux. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if he has a similar, you know, trajectory. I, I, I won't necessarily say that he's going to be, a, you know, a high, high-end scorer at the NHL mm-hmm. level, but he's going to be a kid that, you know, I have no doubt he's got the ability to, you know, to put up solid numbers at the pro level. You know, we're already seeing it in the American League. And, you know, I have no doubt that he's a kid that uh, at some point is, you know, once it all kind of clicks, it's, you know, we're going to see some, you know, pretty decent, uh, pretty decent offensive numbers from him. And it's, you know, it's just a matter of working with him and putting in, putting him in uh, positions to succeed. Well, it seems like that's what they're trying to do right now, especially coming back from the year he basically lost to injury. And, you know, they are trying to put him in those positions to succeed. And uh, hopefully that will continue. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's, you know, like I said, he's a he's a great kid. He was a you know a pleasure to deal with and, and a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, it's nice to see him having some success at the American League level and you know, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing the potential of it all clicking at uh, at the NHL level with Philly as well. Absolutely. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. This was like a lot of fun to kind of go back in Morgan Frost's earlier career and and see where we can you know get the most out of him with the Flyers. Where can people find you out there? Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. That was uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean I'm. You know, I, I work with uh, SueToday.com, a local media, online media outlet here in the Sioux. And um, generally anything that goes on the sports page is usually uh, is usually written by me or somehow put together uh, on my end. And yeah, I mean, Sue Today is, is primarily, although I do some work with our affiliate sites, but that's, uh, that's exactly where uh, anyone can find me for sure. Once again, thanks to Brad for joining us and talking all things Morgan Frost. That was such a fascinating conversation. And it's good to see, you know, where he was compared to where he is today. Agreed. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. And and I hope fans have sort of learned it's not an instant progression. It might be for some players, but for most it isn't. Exactly. 
All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Morgan Frost and the Phantoms coming up next. But first, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game next week. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so the Phantoms had a bit of a rough weekend, I would say. Uh, They only won one of the three games they had. On Wednesday, they fell to Bridgeport 4-1 in that 10.30 a.m. game. Friday's game was when the Flyers players were sent down Mm. for the All-Star break. So the Phantoms had them for the Friday game and the Saturday game, and that was Morgan Frost, Cam York, and Isaac Ratcliffe. You know, it was kind of a a mixed bag. So they won that Friday game against Providence 5-1, to and I think that was their best game of the weekend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Saturday, though, they just could not keep it together and lost to Hartford 6-4. to So here's some things I noticed. Um, I watched uh, quite a bit of Jaeger Zamula, and, you know, he did get points in, in both of these games. A lot of times his shots, if they weren't getting through, were kind of leading to goals. His His skating was good. He was in the flow offensively. I again, there is no reason not to bring him up at some point and give him a decent look. He looks really good. He looks really smooth. He's one of the really few confident players game to game, to at least when I watch that I see. Yeah, let's talk about Morgan Frost, though, since that was mm-hmm. kind of the main conversation we were having this episode. And his game Friday was actually really great. He had a goal and an assist, and he almost had a second goal as well. I thought he had really good chemistry with Lena Sandine as mm-hmm. well, who had two assists in that game. And I, I think it was just not there. And I don't know if it was because they were tired on Saturday, but I think he just did not look as good in that second game. And you know, we had talked about in our, what should we expect from these guys when they get sent down for the break, right. that they really had to shine. And so You know, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. He did show the offense, so that's good. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, game to game, there could be a little bit of a conditioning thing because he hadn't played in a few games. It could just be a little bit of an off night. But the fact that he did have that game is a good sign and probably a good enough sign that if, you know, Broussard's still out, why not call him back up? I think so. I'm pretty sure he's a lock to get called back up. I think Cam York will as well. Although, you know, he wasn't prolific on the scoreboard. He just had one assist on Saturday, but I think he played pretty decently. Except against Hartford. I didn't think he played great against Hartford. He, he was like a step slow against a few of the players, but again, that might be the, the games that, you know, in a condensed time that all of a sudden it, it caught up to him too. That's what I think it is. 
I do too. I mean, the Phantoms gave up two shorthanded goals in that game. It was kind of a mess. Uh, they also had, you know, they had 17 shots on goal in the second period with zero goals and gave up five goals in that period. Like that game was just bonkers. Um, I'm trying to treat it as an aberration, but again, you know, this was like a prove something weekend for a few of these guys. I did think Isaac Ratcliffe had a pretty decent weekend. He had an assist on Friday and a goal and an assist on Saturday as well. And I think, you know, if he's doing everything he can to say to the flyers, no, when this is over, you need to call me back up. I need to be an option or I need to be at the top of the list. I think he did what he needed to. Yeah, I think the um, on the goal, it was a nice play because he took a shot and then he followed up his own shot. And there's very few flyers that actually do that. And if he's going to continue to do things like that with his size, which, you know, is part of what you hope for, that's what he used to be able to do at other levels, then, yeah, he, he could be making a good case for a call-up. But I'll tell you, the one consistently bad thing on, on the Phantoms team is the power play, 14%. Uh. It's so or, bad. It's so and, bad. This is like this is like organizational bad now for the power play. It's it's everywhere. So somehow that has to get cured. If I were right after the trade deadline, honestly, if I were the GM, I would start to to look at this because it's like I can't have this happen at both levels. If it does, nobody's going to develop on the power play. They're all going to have the same malaise, and I I don't want that. Me either. It's. It's brutal, too, because I think this is something that these guys need to work on in their development. And if they're not having success at this at the AHL level, that's a part of their game that's not going to translate for sure to the NHL level in the eyes of management. And so it says, oh, well, if we need support on our special teams, these aren't the guys to call up to do it. Right. And on on another plus side, um, Wyatt Wiley looked good, right? He had a goal. So he is he is coming on now. He is starting to he look is. a lot better. Yeah, I would say so as well. He had a goal and two assists on Friday. It looked real good, real confident. I think he's just on that positive trajectory that we need him to be on if he's going to take that step forward. And again, I think it's a possibility that late in the season he gets some chances with the Flyers, but presuming he has a great camp next summer, I think he'll be in contention for a roster spot. Yeah, he's 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 starting to make the jump I thought he would make at some point, so I'm really happy with his development so far. It's a big week for the Phantoms, and we'll see. Obviously, we don't know as of recording who's getting called up and who isn't, but there are a lot of games going on, an extra one this week. So today there's actually a game against Belleville, the Senators affiliate, and then we have a three in a row this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, against Hershey, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Hershey again. So a lot of tough games coming up. And Ian LaPerriere and this team have to get it together. They really do. I mean, this is the point of the year now where you want to see a little bit more improvement. 100%. All right. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. The Phantoms wore Olympic warm-up jerseys to you know honor the Olympic teams. Had a little bit of an American flag on part of the design and also to support Pat Nagel, which I think is kind of, nice. I like it. The Phantoms have a long history. I, I cover a lot of games when they were across the street from the spectrum and eventually um, 
Wells Fargo and then nothing when they knocked down the spectrum. But I did cover a lot of those games and did see all the different jerseys that they would do for different occasions. So it is nice that they've kept that going. I like it. I, I think it's a fun thing to do. I do too. So hopefully that'll bring them some good luck in the Olympics. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow where we're actually going to talk about a hockey game the Flyers have to play versus Detroit. And we're going to welcome Kevin Allen of Detroit Hockey Now to preview that game. Plus, we'll have a little bit of a mailbag. So send in those questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for listening and have a great day. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.